0: So just a brief content warning before this episode, the two episodes of Degrassi we're talking about this week deal with physical and verbal abuse within a family. So we'll be talking about that at length. We just want to give you that heads up. These are some intense episodes. We think they're important episodes, um, but just so you know that going into the episode.
1: going
2: to be real good. Hi, y'all. Welcome to That Bleeping Podcast, a podcast wherein four academics who love television, recap, analyze, and love and hate on all things popular culture. Right now, we're working our way through Degrassi, The Next Generation, taking them two episodes at a time. Today, we are starting season two. So season two, episodes one and two are parts one and two of basically the same long episode. But before we start, two things. Spoiler alert, there are going to be full recaps of both episodes. And sailor alert, we will swear, so hide your baby's ears. I'm Tiffany Salter. I'm a professor of Asian American and Pacific Islander literature. And I also teach nerdy things like pulp magazines and cartoons and genre fiction.
3: I'm Jacinta. I'm a PhD candidate in English, but I primarily study television, film, and pop culture. In my spare time, lament about the state of the world.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Fuck Donald yeah. Trump. Um, I'm Sonic Gabbard. I teach at Ohio State University in the Women's Studies Department. I am a political economist by training, so I do stuff on like international um, development and things like that. Uh, but I'm a huge pop culture fan, and I get to dabble a little bit in teaching pop culture and film studies. Um, but I'm a huge Degrassi fan as well, so that's my role on this is to bring the stand Although I don't, I doubt that I'm alone in that on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Also, I'm going to say it again: fuck Donald Trump. All right.
0: I'm Brandon Shaw. I'm a professor of English. I do African American literature. I teach a lot of composition, also women's studies, queer studies stuff. Uh, I did what Simon said about that guy who is our president? Unfortunately.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So today we're talking about we're jumping into season two. And season... Uh, Hey, look at us, we made it. Um, Season two um, starts with two parts, back-to-back episodes, uh, Wind Doves Cry, parts one and two, aptly titled. So (laughs) if you all recall back to season one, at the beginning of season one, um, we were introduced to Emma via her mother and her mother's friends, who were all characters on the original Degrassi series. Now, besides Emma's mother, Spike, uh, most of those characters are not present for the rest of season one. But in season two, we start to come back to some of those people, starting with Joey. If you remember Joey from those early season one episodes, he's the one who, uh, he is the used car salesman who's a widow and he's raising his daughter. And he previously had a relationship with Caitlin, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So we see Joey here in these episodes and his daughter, Angela, is being, Emma is her babysitter. So we see Emma playing with Angela in the park and we see somebody taking pictures of them. It turns out the person taking pictures of them is Craig. Um, And Craig, for a while, the episode doesn't reveal who Craig is, except that he is a new student at Degrassi who lives with his father. But eventually, when Craig goes to see Angela, uh, she points out that Craig is her brother. So Craig and Angela are half siblings. And so Craig's uh, watching Angela from the periphery. It becomes clear pretty quickly that Craig and his father don't have a great relationship. His father's pretty controlling. And he definitely does not want Craig spending any time with Joey and Angela. Joey is more receptive initially to them spending time together. But when he tries to talk to Craig's dad about it, he gets shut down. Craig's dad is just very much like they don't need to interact. Craig, though, gets invited by Emma to to a party at Emma's house. He he ends up talking to Joey, and Joey points out that Craig's father does not want them to see each other. Craig leaves, goes home to his father, uh, who, again, as I said, has been very controlling. Uh, Craig is a photographer, and he has a dark room in the house, and he ends up finding out when he goes home and he goes down to his dark room, he sees it's been destroyed. Earlier in the episode, they had shown that Craig had pictures of Joey and Angela that he had added himself to in a little book, something like The Perfect Family, I think is what it said on there. And so his.
1: And that's not at all creepy or anything like that. But anyway. <laughs> at any rate.
3: His father had found the book, destroyed uh, the dark room, and then, as the episode, the first part one comes to a close, his father um, beats him and yells at him in the in the dark room. When the second part starts, we see Craig looking in the mirror with all these bruises that he has on his body. You know, he goes to school and does what he's supposed to do. His father gives him this big stack of money to buy a new camera because he's broke. Like Craig's camera's gotten broken in this process. And so he's basically trying to, I don't know, buy his forgiveness or what have you. At school, Craig's sort of made friends with Sean and he's, he's having a hard time, obviously, but he's hanging out since he's not supposed to be seeing Angela, Craig and Emma sort of try to buck the system a little bit. Um, so she's babysitting Angela and Craig is hanging out with them. Emma needs to go home and do some work, but Angela wants to go play in the park. So Craig and Angela convince Emma to go study and they'll go hang out in the park for a while. But what ends up happening is Craig, you know, Craig's very upset about everything and he has this big stack of money so he contemplates running away with Angela and tells them that they're gonna go on a trip to British Columbia. It's at this point that Joey shows up having gone to Emma's not have found that his daughter is not there and wants to go and find her. At first you know things things are okay but then Angela Angela's like you know a child so of course she's she's like we were gonna go on a trip to British Columbia which makes Joey upset because he's like oh you were going to kidnap my child not great not great at all and so he ends up telling Craig to stay away from them Craig goes home At first, things are fine with his father, but then his father gets a call from Joey. And meanwhile, Joey does not know that Craig is being abused. He knows that Craig's father is ridiculous, but he doesn't know that he's abusive. So he calls Craig's father, and I guess, to tell him about what was going on. It's at this point that Craig realizes he has to get out. So he goes upstairs, calls Sean, asks to hang out or whatnot, Packs up his stuff. He's locked the door to his bedroom, which leads to his father like bashing in the door with a golf club. Craig goes out the window, meets up with Sean, and they're hanging out by some train tracks, as one does. I'm talking and Sean is trying to figure out if, because of some things that Craig has said, if Craig's being abused in the midst of their conversation, a train comes and Craig decides to play chicken with the train and Sean ends up pushing him out of the way, but Craig runs off. Uh, So Sean gets with Emma. If you recall, they are not together at this point um, having broken up in at the end of season one But him and Emma get together, go to Joey's, and they ask for Joey's help. And at first, Joey's sort of resistant. Sean and Emma tell him that Craig's being abused. And he doesn't, is, is very cautious at first. But when Angela tells him that she saw bruises on Craig, then he gets involved. So Sean and Joey go look for Craig. They ultimately find him in the cemetery where his mother is buried and he and Joey have a conversation where Joey asks him if he's being abused and Craig confirms that he is. And so the the resolution is ultimately that of that plot line is that um Craig is going to go and stay with Joey. Now, Joey takes him to his fa- to Craig's father's house. Craig goes in try to get his things. His father tries to persuade him to stay but won't really cop to what he's done and ultimately Craig gets his things and leaves with Joey. That's like the main plot of these two episodes and then there's a bunch of smaller things that happen throughout the two episodes but the main sort of b-plot is Paige, new year, new look, new Page, um, has gotten a haircut that she does not like and she wants to get a new one. But it costs like sixty dollars, eighty dollars, some some sum <laughs> of money that her parents will not give her the rest for unless she cleans out the garage, which naturally Paige does not want to do.
1: Child labor,
3: right? Meanwhile, JT has decided that he needs a challenge as far as his dating <laughs> life goes. Um, despite Toby's computer system telling him that he would be a better match for Terry, which again. Terry deserves better, but I digress. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> That's rude to
3: Terry. So rude. JT decides to pursue Paige, right? So he tries to ask her out or whatever, and gets shot down naturally. But then Hazel and Spinner, being the instigators that they are, tell Paige that they will give her the rest of the money she needs if she goes on a fake date with JT. Okay. So she agrees with some stipulations. Of course, JT doesn't know anything about this bet. So they go on their little date to the mall movie theater combo that we saw, presumably the same one we saw Sean and Emma in the first season, end up actually having a good time. Paige is amused by JT in a more sedated form. Um, And, you know, everything's going reasonably well until Hazel and Spinner show up. And they're all, oh, look, this is nice. Well, you earned your money. Here you go. And then JT realizes that it was just a bet. And so later on we see them at school and Paige, I know, feeling mildly guilty, goes up to him and is like, Oh, you know, blah blah blah. It was a bet, but you're actually not terrible to hang out with, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And JT is like very pleased by this. I don't know, mild appreciation. But in in true JT form, he he says, you know, the date is supposed to end with a kiss. (laughs) And and Paige is like, "I, I don't think so, Tim. But she does ultimately give him a kiss on the cheek and walks away. And then, yeah, that's that's like the main B-plot. And then, like I said, there's some little side interactions throughout the episodes. The main focus of these two episodes is introducing Craig and his background um, and getting him to connect it to some of the other characters.
0: And then also we have sort of just more as like stage business of explaining like... the high Because the high school got closed. Because of budget things, yeah. the high schoolers have to stay in the middle school. And so we have... One of my favorite things, of course, is when Miss Kwan explains it and she provides like a short institutional critique of money and overcrowding. And then Snake, of course, is like, it's great. We're all together because these people only go to two classes.
3: Okay, because also Snake said in that moment, he's like, you had me as your teacher for two years and now you get me for four more. And I was like, are they taking media immersion for six years?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? I mean, it is immersion. So you don't ever come up from that.
3: (laughs) I mean, the 20th century is long. I mean, that is some intense immersion.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They have to learn how to make more gifts of him. We love
3: you. More excellent power, PowerPoints.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the occult. And we also have like a background. What I thought was interesting with these was that in the background we have the like aftermath of Ashley takes ecstasy, burns down her life. But I thought it was interesting that it was background. And much like the first episode of the first season, we have a character introduced through explicit trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also I liked Craig, who I thought his name was Kreger for the first episode. <laughs> I did too. Um, <laughs> Cute. Because of their Canadian accents. No, that's what his dad uh, calls him. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. okay. That's yeah, why I was I, so confused. I thought it was interesting to have us slowly figure out who he was, but it does mean that there is some definite times when he seems creepy. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I I was like, who is this creep that is creeping on Emma? Because I mean, I don't remember if we met Angie in the the two pilot episodes we, of season she was, one. She was there briefly. Um, we, yeah. She
3: was. She was in yeah. when they went to Joey's car lot, but she was only briefly there.
2: Yeah, it, it rang a bell, but like only well after I was thinking about the episode. Immediately, we don't know who Angie is. We only, the only person that we recognize in this whole shot is Emma, and there is someone taking a picture of her, and she has no idea that they are taking a picture of her. So, so I think that he is set up to be creepy. I mean, like that we're initially supposed to think that he's creepy but to come to understand that like this is what his he has to resort to because like the other options aren't available to him and whose mm-hmm. fault is that oh it's his father's fault
0: yeah yeah i mean it's weird to ooh, go for it, sana
1: oh i was just going to say that i really uh, so i'm very excited about the introduction of craig because we'll see this over time the writers do such interesting things with craig And creep factor, not creep factor, but also like creativity and his energy and all of that. I mean, being high energy. So I like that we get just a glimpse of sort of what's to come with Craig, especially when he's standing in front of the train. That to me seems like a very almost like a manic episode and so I'm excited that Craig's here and we get to learn more about Craig but I do think it's an interesting parallel to the first to the series opener like you guys said with it being like is this creepy is this pedophilic is it stalkery like what's going on but yeah I'm excited about Craig The actor Jacob scene, I actually had a crush on for a long time. So I'm also excited to, you know, relive that, even though that's kind of weird being a grown up now. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see see where this goes.
3: Yeah, and I think I, like I had said before in one of our earlier episodes, that I started watching Degrassi in its third season, I think, and then went back and watched the older episodes. So, like, I saw my first introduction to Craig was post this. So, like, when I watched it, I already knew who Craig was going to be before I saw him in this particular introduction but like watching it now I was like oh if people didn't know who craig was going to be this would might actually be weird <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was it was pretty weird. But it it, it quickly became it quickly became clear that these were the options that were allowed him based on like once once we find Mm -hmm. out that once Angie says that that Craig's her brother, you're like, okay, something else is going on here. And so I think that the writing was really smart in that way. This these episodes, I know that you warned us. (laughs) I had forgotten that warning. These episodes kind of wrecked me. And and so kind of like going through the journey with Craig at first, like, I don't know who this person is. And then realizing like what kind of I mean, because at first you think, OK, well, maybe his dad's just emotionally abusive because the first interaction that they have, it's you know, he's like, you're late. And I forget exactly what dialogue was, but I wrote down in my mm-hmm. notes that his dad is angry and emo- emotionally abusive. The couple of things about like, why would your mom leave someone who's a surgeon for someone who's a used car salesman and and all of this, like, I think does a lot of work to sort of like shortcut the backstory, um, does really kind of smart, I guess, like exposition work in very compact, compressed way. I I don't know. I I think that there was a lot of sort of like work that the writing was doing that was effective. Mm -hmm. And And it also
1: does a good job, that exposition in particular, does a good job contextualizing Joey's age in relation to the kids because it shows that Craig's mom is probably... Old, or was probably older than Joey, because as we all remember, the only person of Joey's class that has a Degrassi next generation child is Spike, because she had a teenage pregnancy. So it also kind of situates Joey in a way that's not, that doesn't rely on the same narrative of Spike and Emma.
2: I have sort of a, I guess, meta narrative a uh, point of clarification, because I think that when we recorded our first episode, which was about um, the two-part pilot, somebody had said that, like, initially it was aired at the end of the season one in Canada. Does that sound right? Because I think that, like, someone, I can't remember if it's or Jacinta, one of you said that, like, the those two episodes, they were recorded as a pilot, but in, one, in either the U.S. or Canada, they were aired at the end of the season. Oh!
1: That wasn't me. I may have read that on the wiki page. I don't remember though. It shouldn't be that long ago, but I can't remember.
2: <laughs> if that's true, I think that it's interesting with Joey's character development because because he's introduced in this pilot and then we don't see him the rest of season one. And now he's here.
3: I wasn't watching the first season when it originally aired, but I don't think as far as like re-airings, it
1: aired that like out of order, but I don't know for sure. Okay. We'll have to do, I'll have to do some research and report back because i don't remember
2: yeah i just thought it was interesting because of joey's appearances
0: well when he showed up i thought he was going to be the dad of one of the degrassi kids i was a little confused um i forgot because it had been a while since the pilot it was an interesting episode because so much of it was not at school also right mm-hmm. where and also not even really i mean i guess they have him connect with emma and they have him connect with uh sean sean Mm -hmm. which i thought were interesting choices because they made sense to me that obviously emma has a protective thing for better and worse her 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 flaw and her blessing is she tries to protect people and take care of people Mm -hmm. although in this case i felt like she was kind of also craig puts her in some sort of i don't know puts her in some somewhat impossible situations but i really liked his connection with sean i thought that it was interesting because Sean can be so emotionally intelligent when it's not about his own life. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen that in a couple different things. I mean, that was yeah. basically the finale, right. was like, he's the one who says these old, these younger kids shouldn't take drugs, but he's also the one who's willing to do something stupid. And so I really liked that conversation with Craig mm-hmm. because, it, and also because initially I thought Craig was just going to be another Sean, but I think, even in that scene with the train and some of his other stuff, you can see kind of what Sonnet is saying is coming, which is like he he is damaged in a very different Mm -hmm. way. And his response to damage is different. It's this sort of manic energy, whereas Sean is sort of the bruiser. Mm -hmm. I would say Sean is also in, like I think also the class thing is interesting too, because Sean is coded as like almost poor. I mean, we're sort of unclear. Mm -hmm. And Joey is coded as being, I mean, he seems to live a fairly normal middle class life, but that last shot really plays up the giantness of the house and the surgeon. Mm-hmm. With just the two of them. And it.
3: and also the um, fact that he gives Craig, Craig's father gives him like an enormous wad of cash. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. And I think that if we think about the sort of the arc between the end of season one and the beginning of season two, Sean is set up to be in the episode under pressure where he gets in the fight with Jimmy and knocks over Emma. At the beginning of that episode, you know, we learn about his mother being an alcoholic and possibly abusive um at least like we sort of i guess read between the lines um in some ways so so sean is sort of the perfect person to Mm -hmm. to reach craig (laughs) that's his name uh for craig to reach out to even though he doesn't really know that he doesn't know that about sean at all but you know the cosmic forces of degrassi's writers put them two together because in some way even though they respond in much different ways as brendan said that you know Mm -hmm. they're a really good support i I see them being very good support for each other
1: yeah and also sean was the the old new Mm -hmm. kid last year so he can, they can relate to their old new kid, their new kidness.
2: Yeah. So this was a point of confusion about the newness to me because because he is so he's a grade nine, which is why wasn't he in grade eight the year before? He's supposed to be new, but like like clearly he's from the area because his mom was with Joey and they all knew each other, and that's where she's buried. I think was so confused about all the mechanics of this.
3: I'm not sure how long Craig's mom was alive, but I get the sense that he's been back with his father for a while so i don't know i don't know i also don't know how many schools are nearby but i it seems like he was in some different school system um so i don't know if that's like him and his his father just had him somewhere else or because it seems like he hasn't seen angela and joey for a while yeah yeah, that makes sense. I don't remember. Maybe in the pilot they said how long his, it had been since his wife had died.
2: Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember too because I, I can look back at my notes. Um, It was long enough that Spike and the other people who were trying to get Joey over it. Right. To, that yeah. they thought that he should be over it <laughs> or that he should at least be dating again, if I remember correctly.
3: I was just going to say that when he goes and sees talks to emma the first time he says remember five like five years ago when our parents made us dance at a wedding so like it's sometime within that time frame are we to understand that his mom well his mom was friends with all of them yeah the idea is that his mom and joey got married and spike took emma to the wedding got
1: yeah pre-angela
3: right obviously right
1: right who is adorable, Cassie Steele's little sister, Alexa Steele, adorable.
3: So I, I mentioned this earlier because also a weird thing that Degrassi does is that eventually An- eventually Angela is not really uh, a featured character anymore in as much as she's a featured character in the series. But then they bring the actress back later as a different character. And <laughs> it's but, a little bit uh, weird, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by that point, she's a teenager and there's been like a gap between little kid Angela and this new character, but it's still a little bit weird. And also, I, I, I think I mentioned before that there's this, this is why I don't know what what race Joey is supposed to be yes. because Cassie Steele and Alexis, Alexis Steele are uh, Filipino. Yeah, they're Filipino, And I don't know about Joey and that's not really clarified, but I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I would say with all of that, I mean, if we want to go somewhere else, we can is like, I thought for someone who seems so important, the mom is like a black hole in this episode. Nobody ever, there's no pictures. There's no, Mm. there's no Mm. like mom was so great or like, it's just a bunch of men fighting over. Right. I thought that was kind of weird because like at the end, when he goes to the grave, it made sense but it made sense in a like T V way, which is like there are four places you would go if there was a dead parent. And like it almost like as someone who watches a lot of mysteries, once Emma started looking at the scrapbook, I was like, Well, obviously there's gonna be a picture. She's gonna see it. And she's going to go, wait a minute. So that was the only thing. I thought otherwise the writing was very good. But I was like, the mom could have been a little more there. Mm
2: -hmm. We just we don't learn anything other than the fact that she's dead. I mean,
3: like she's she's dead and she left her ex-husband for some reason, probably because he's terrible. Whatever. She got with Joey. They had a kid and
1: she
0: died. And then that's it. That's all we get about her. She's like a Disney mom her role is to be dead and to be missed
1: a disney mom or a 1930s mom what <laughs> like in the te- in movies in the 30s they always they were always motherless <laughs> oh I, I have not watched yeah. a lot of movies from the 30s at not well
0: wow, and i feel like the, there's some overlap there because i'm sure that's where we got our disney moms from well that in fairy tales I mean, there is something kind of fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I mean, Degrassi, one of the things I also like, and I think Tiffany already said this a little bit in the writing, and Sonnet sort of intimated this plays out over time too, is Degrassi is clearly has a sort of mm, educational bent, and you tell there are lists of things they want to hit but it never really feels like box checking Mm -hmm. craig exhibits the signs of someone who's being emotionally and physically abused and they're obvious i would imagine to us because we know these things but they're not obvious they didn't generally it didn't feel corny it didn't feel Mm -hmm. like the opportunities for it to come up didn't all feel cliche which I think makes it yeah better than some a fair amount of American TV, both for children and adults.
3: Mm-hmm. I also feel like Degrassi was like one of the first TV shows, especially TV shows directed toward like young, like adolescents. I feel like that was like really direct about the abuse that he was going through, and not like sort of hinting mm-hmm. at it or something like that. Like they were very clear. About what was going
2: on. Yeah, you see it. You see the results of it. They they want to... The only expression in my head that I can think of right now is they don't hold the punches. Right. And literally, they don't hold the punches. Right. Which I think is one of the reasons why I was shocked. <laughs> um, and and, I, and I, I think that I appreciate it because I think that there's a way in which, like, if you don't see it, you don't actually... It, you can... It doesn't want you to be able to write it off in any way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't want you to be able to kind of um, whitewash it or sort of n- not deal with it. Like Asana said in our planning meeting, like it goes there, and it and it really does want to go there. And I'm not I'm not advocating for sort of like depictions of of domestic violence or anything like that. I'm just saying that like it has a very particular project and it wants you to know that this is real and that it happens and that it happens to boys it happens in wealthy homes um, because i think that like oftentimes when we think of victims of domestic violence we think of women and particularly poor women and so like it has like a lot of things a lot of sort of work that that this particular depiction is doing
0: mm-hmm. and there's a certain balance and care because i also think when he goes into his bedroom and his father comes with the uh, golf club or whatever it is I was nervous because it didn't go too far. That would have been too far if he had hit him again. Like that was, I was like, this is going to become cartoonish. Not to say that that doesn't happen to people, but the stakes of Degrassi, that would just be too spectacular. And so the Mm -hmm. putting the door there as a stand-in, I thought there was a balance that they kept. Because I think otherwise, especially for younger viewers... If you do something like that too many times, even in just a series of television episodes, it can feel easy to write off. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they also, to go from that to him throwing himself in front of the train, I think really is in some ways more affecting than it would have been if we had been had to watch something gruesome happen. The train thing is in some ways not obviously... It's a very different kind of thing, but it also is this sort of self-harm or almost self-harm. and Yeah. It freaks
3: me out. And this yeah. is also a reminder that in Canada, Degrassi is not, was not segregated to a kid's channel. It was on CTV with all of the other regular programming. It's segregated to a kid's channel in the United States, which does things, which... Does affect some of the episodes when they air in the United States, but within the Canadian context, they are imagining a much broader audience.
2: Does the show ever get censored when it comes to America? It does. Okay, so what sorts of this could be spoilery, but like what sorts of things like
3: this censored at all? Or if I remember correctly, um, and I'll have to check the episodes, but it's mostly things i think that are in some way related to sex not violence because america so uh, this is not overly spoilery multiple characters are pregnant throughout the the run of degrassi and at least one of those characters has an abortion i think that might have been one of the episodes that was censored but i have to double check
2: so they just they just don't air the whole episode. They
3: don't like go in and sort of dissect it at all. I don't remember the details. I think
1: you're right.
3: Because it's okay. been a long time since I watched that season. So I'd have to go back and look. But like the things that I... If I'm remembering right that were censored were, were things in that general wheelhouse. In the United okay. States. Not in Canada. Canada doesn't censor those things.
0: Gotcha. On a lighter note, but still related to Craig... One of the moments where Craig I think it's he says, if I were to disappear, who would care when he's doing the thing in Miss Kwan's class? One of my favorite things in this in this episode is that they're all wearing funny hats. Oh yes. And they're in the gym and Miss Kwan is wearing an amazing hat and it's right. never <laughs> explained. They just cut to a shot of all of them wearing funny hats, including Miss Kwan. And then Miss Kwan sort of follows it up with, like, very existential, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I wrote down Miss Kwan and the hats, and every time I saw another hat, I could put another line underneath it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it made me so excited. And then they never explained it. But It was amazing. I feel like this was maybe, like, drama club or
3: something. Like, this is, again, yeah, you're right. There's no explanation here. They're just, like, there with these partial costumes giving, like, introductions, And that's it.
2: Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get more on that later. But I kind of read it as, um, you know, theater or, you know, drama club or something like that. But after she says, very existential, Craig. All right. Heather St. Clair, come down. (laughs) Right. And we see the like torso of someone kind of walking behind the other students. But of course, we do not see Heather St. Clair.
3: No. No. But speaking of things that we do see, there's a lot of haircuts that have happened over the summer. Yes, there are. Or hair changes in general. So like Toby's got a haircut. Paige has got different hair. Emma's hair changed. Spinner's hair changed. Yeah. There's a lot of hair changes. Let's talk about Paige's hair because it is the <laughs> impetus girl.
1: You mean her her self-described full mullet? Okay. Well, okay. So... What, to which to
3: which Terry says, what's a mullet?
2: <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Because, girl, you know what a mullet is. It's 2002. Like, you know what a mullet is. Yes, girl. Okay, so Paige's hair is styled badly, but there is no reason that the hair that exists on her head is bad unless it's a bad wig that she's wearing over a bad haircut. So I was just trying to figure out what exactly is going on with her fucking hair. I I I don't know. Because her hair's just long, like the the hair that we see is just long and there's n- and it's not a mullet and I was so confused.
1: Agreed. With all of this, I mean, like, I, mean, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, no one else thought that this was weird.
3: I mean, I, like, I, 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 I just—it's like crimped, and I felt like that was an issue. But I don't know. It's coming back. The crimping is always an issue. But. <laughs> nope. Mm, nope. We can leave that. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. Paige has is very particular, okay?
1: Yeah, and maybe she just wants to get some better highlights because are looking dusty. I don't know.
3: Oh, Ashley also has hair, longer <laughs> hair, yes, which Ashley, is l- less mom-like.
1: She got a hair it straightener is less or maybe just a blow dryer. Figured it out. Put some serum in.
3: She had time over the summer. Yeah, but her, her hair was straight. It
1: was pretty
3: straight the previous season.
2: It just was curled under. She just
1: hadn't conditioned it right.
2: Yeah, that was she found conditioner over
1: the summer. I don't know why I'm main girling Ashley's hair. Maybe because Ashley's the worst.
2: Well, and Paige like refuses to talk to her at the beginning of the episode because she's oh. still mad about the stuff that happened, I guess, at the end of season one, which doesn't make any sense because she didn't say anything about Paige and I would think that Paige would be the person that would have been most into Ashley's meltdown. Well, she
1: did call her a hag. Inside and out. <laughs> oh, true <laughs>
2: That's right. No, I
3: forgot about that. Okay. Paige, yeah, Paige and Jimmy are both upset. Because Jimmy is like scowling at Sean in, in the background in that first episode. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, well, that made sense. Because we don't really see much Ashley in these episodes, though. She just has like that one interaction, and Terry's like, "Oh, they'll come around, right?" (laughs) Terry deserves better, right?
2: Because a good friend lies to you, right?
3: I think Toby's haircut makes him look a little bit older.
0: I thought Terry. I thought Toby looked good for Toby. Yeah,
3: he looked (laughs) pretty. Yeah, he looked tobalicious.
0: And And I like his algorithm the isaac system okay <laughs> okay let's talk about the isaac system uh, which i was like wait a minute did you invent facebook
3: this is okay this is why
0: uh,
3: no tinder also he, this he is why tinder. Hot or not, oh my god hot or not said, but also they this is what they do in media immersion um, this is all snake's fault he is giving them
1: this is why they have six years they need six years of this so Toby can become the founder and, of and Tinder. Snakes, snakes, like
3: y'all need to go, <laughs>
1: and
3: Toby's so like, "Well, let me let me just help out my buddy here." But then J, JT's <laughs> JT's like, "My standards are too high," <laughs> and Terry deserves better.
1: Get out! Get out! Oh my god! Like, yeah. Ugh.
3: What He's out? not my type. They're- Fuck you, JT.
1: Fuck JT. So, like, for all of this, the whole thing, and his joke was stupid. Paige did a better joke.
0: Uh, I mean, oh yeah, for they were sure. both kind of mean. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. That was yes. Well I, I actually, JT. Wait, what was Paige? It was joke? just. It was a version of it that was about making fun of the cheerleaders on a, at another school. But they don't mm-hmm. get
1: taken out. Like the like trash, the trash gets taken out more than they yeah.
0: do. Uh-huh. Um, that's yeah.
1: Which let's be great. real, the trash gets taken out more than all of us. Hopefully, if you're not dirty. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you take the trash out like every other day. How many of us get well, taken Paige, out? Well, Paige um, has
3: aspirations. Okay. Yes.
0: Yes,
1: uh,
3: I, I guess.
0: I mean, what I was going to say. So JT, I always go back and forth on because he's an asshole, but he to me. I just know and was even friends with so many guys in middle school Mm -hmm. who were so much like that. And the thing I appreciated about the date was that when they were actually on it and he was, he just reminds me of so many guys I've known my whole life who when they're in a group or even just with that one friend, they're stunting for them. And then when they're on their own, they're more like a real Mm -hmm. person. And, like, he was nervous. Right. And whether or not he's an asshole. He
2: gets hurt there.
0: It may, It was very, very middle schooly to me, and I mm-hmm. it reminded me of all that. Because I, I also kind of thought that the episode wanted us to feel a little bit bad for him. No, it does. Maybe not. It definitely like, does. Like, especially when Hazel and Spinner, like, because Hazel and Spinner are sort of like the Greek chorus in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it was
2: the very mean, Greek, the mean girls' Greek chorus. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then when they like show up, they like mess up a connection. Not that I think these two people should be together, but they mess up a connection. It's
3: at this point that I interlude to tell you that there is, in fact, JT and Page fan fiction. Carry on. Oh, of course there is, <laughs>
1: because of course there is.
0: What was your What was your couple names on it?
1: Uh, Page T. Sure. Pay tea. That's it. Sure, sure.
3: And isn't Spinner like wearing sunglasses when they show up? <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs>
1: he,
3: he's looking all
2: secret service about
0: everything. They're doing the most. And Paige is dressed like um, the Unabomber? The gay friend from the Mean Girls when he wears. When the gay friend from Mean Girls oh, comes yeah. to the assembly, <laughs> he's dressed identical to her to that and the Unabomber. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, you gotta have a couple style icons on your mood board.
3: Okay, uh, but, but also, th- speaking about spa- style things, at some point these characters are carrying around boxing gloves at school, and I don't really know what they do at school, but we never had boxing gloves, so I was unclear as to what.
2: Wasn't it Emma and Manny, and they each had one, and then they like, right? Like <laughs> yes, put them together. Yes, like they high fived or something to get like. I was like,
3: why do you? Genuine. Why do you have boxing gloves? I don't understand what's happening. I mean,
1: it's best friend. Their best friend boxing gloves. Uh, yeah,
2: like to have the, no. the locket or some, some shit. How-
1: exactly. You guys I mean, don't do that I with know. your best friends. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I would also like to oh know more God. about like, Craig's analog photoshopping, because I don't take pictures, but or that kind of pictures, like, I don't have my own dark room, so I've never, you know, added myself to a picture like that. Uh, but I was very I think you mean
1: collaging, do you mean collaging? No,
3: because it was in, it was the actual like picture in the water,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: it's 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 not hard. I've worked in a dark room and I've done photo editing in the dark room. this is it was my favorite job that I've ever had, and it is not a job that exists anymore no. unless you do art photo. but um, but yeah, it's right. it's possible, yeah, it can- it, it's a you dodge, you like you mask you mask part of it, and you just do two different exposures.
0: The more you know, the more you know.
1: Welcome to That Bleeping Podcast, the photography podcast.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, analog stuff, I love the moment when his dad is trying to make nice and he puts the two VHS tapes down. Uh, Yeah, I wrote that down. Chinese food (laughs) in a couple of videos. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what videos? Like just random videos? Is that sister act? Like, what is it? Sure.
2: <laughs> My mom still has a VHS, tele- like a television that has a VHS mm-hmm. player in yes. it. Yes. And she still raids like yard sales and stuff for, you know, like all the old VHS. I think she's got like the full John Wayne collection. Wow. Also a John Wayne fan.
1: Here for your mom's TV. Very nice.
3: Also, <laughs> like I... <laughs> And this is one of those Degrassi, like, ellipsis moments. Uh, Sean and Emma just show up together at Joey's house after the train track scene. And I was like, did Sean call Emma? Did he show up <laughs> on Emma's porch? Like, they're not talking right now. So I don't... Did they run into each other in the street? <laughs> like... No, he just, he just called...
2: He, he called her up and says, I know you like to save people. So... <laughs>
0: This isn't about me. It's about saving some other. People. I know
1: you're. I know yeah. you're a meddler. You meddle in people's lives. To be
0: fair, she was drawn into this meddle.
2: Yeah. No. She.
0: She totally yeah. was.
2: Can we talk about the little uh, cookout thing?
0: Oh, I'm no, so I, confused. Even
2: though they call it a barbecue, that is
3: not a barbecue. That's a cookout. Well, it was. It was a. It was, It was a birthday party, right? Like for Spike's birthday, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Snake
3: is there. Did
2: we know that they were together? Yeah, no. That's my question. Are they together?
3: What's up with that? <laughs> I think this is the first episode that indicates that they are having some sort of relationship.
0: Because okay, I was okay. way confused because also, none was. of the kids.
1: Episode three, we is a little bit. Well, it's all about this.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I was confused. I wrote it down too. I was very confused. Especially since nobody acted like none of the kids acted like it was weird, which I mean, this, first of all, I've seen television sitcoms from the nineties. I know what happens when your t-shirt <laughs> dates your parent, but also just real life. You'd be like, what the fuck? and Emma would definitely say something to her mom
3: yeah I mean I think again I, <laughs> I think this is one of those things where Dora is like fill in the blank of what happened over the summer <laughs> wild sex parties
0: summer loving,
2: had me a blast yeah. Snake and spake and Spike. spake stop trying to make spake happen it's not oh gonna oh my god I love it I love it <laughs>
3: I would also like to briefly borrow Tiffany's cinematography corner. Uh-huh. Here for Yes. Yeah. For the, the the train track scene. Yep. Because when when Sean shoves him oh, out, yeah. Craig's got a skate a skateboard. Yeah. And when Sean shoves him out of the way, the skateboard goes flying through the air. Mm-hmm. And the camera oh, cuts God. to the skateboard flying through the air <laughs> in like this elongated oh, floating moment before before we go back to the boys on the ground
2: yeah it's very um uh 2001 space odyssey slash the gods must be crazy type moment where you've got something flipping over end over end um and i'm like oh my god they both died i (laughs) I thought he was dead (laughs) oh my god
3: right
2: Thanks to grassy for totally oh being a jerk on that one. That would have been what they were intending to do.
3: That would have been a real quick escalation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. Right, And season opener done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next episode at a funeral. Also Emma trying to skateboard walking with Craig. That is my favorite thing for this week was Emma's hop skateboard. It was amazing. It's very brief and beautiful.
3: Oh, also, another, speaking of Craig, this episode also begins Manny's crush on Craig, Mm -hmm. which is something that we come back to in subsequent episodes.
2: Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Because I think that that scene was interesting because Manny expresses her, I don't know, interest, desire, whatever. And then Emma does. And it seems like, and maybe I'm misreading it. Or misremembering it but it seemed to me that manny when she saw that emma also thought that he was cute kind of was it it seemed like that there was a deferment to emma's interest in craig so i was reading the situation where manny basically expressed interest but emma staked claim and manny said okay
0: i well i also wondered when because It seemed to me like Manny was all in on Craig and Emma was like, he's cute. And then they like together thought he was cute because the rest of the episode doesn't seem to play out. Like Emma's trying to play for him. Oh really? I didn't think it would.
1: Yeah. I think they were fan, fan girling. And in the wiki, it says that this is when they start collectively crushing on Craig. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think
3: that I honestly don't remember Emma from that particular moment. But I didn't get the particular vibe that she was interested in Craig romantically. I think he's just another cause for her. Yes, I don't
2: disagree with that. But because of Emma's like patterns, that reads to me as her mm-hmm. showing interest in somebody. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, to me it read like cuz I had the same wonder initially if she was going to where the episode was going to go and if it was going to be a situation where Emma was going to get something Manny wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. But after that initial moment, it just read to me as if Emma was being somewhat manipulated, it felt like, by Craig. And Craig was using the sister-brother thing to put her in sort of weird situations. Because she never does the thing we've seen her do with other guys she thinks are attractive, where she, like, is assertively... I don't know. It didn't seem that way to me.
2: Yeah, And I guess were you reading Craig's sort of taking advantage of the situation as manipulative or like this is my only chance? I guess that I was giving a lot more sort of like leeway to Craig because of because of. Like, I mean, he's that...
0: manipulating her, whether or not... I mean, he is taking a chance, but he is putting another... I mean, ultimately, Emma is responsible for the kid she's babysitting, right? And clearly, yeah, sure. Joey's mm-hmm. response. So I don't think he's intentionally manipulating, but I think this goes back to the fact that even though I'm very sympathetic to Craig, he remains... Even at the end of the episode, there are moments when he seems a little manic and a little unclear. Yeah, and The shit he pulls with Emma... Emma doesn't realize how it's going to escalate.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't
0: know I don't think he was like intentionally manipulating. I think this is also the thing too where like similar to the JT thing, it's sort of like if I read them as adults, it's one thing. If I read them as kids who still don't quite know what they're doing, it's another. If they were adults, I think he was manipulating. As a kid, I think he sees an opportunity but ends up manipulating her.
1: And he but he's
3: also trying yeah. to
1: make friends.
0: Yeah.
3: Right, but and also, I also don't think at that moment he, like, has this plan to go to British Columbia. I, so I think that, like, you know, he's just... Because, first of all, Emma's the one, right, who's like, oh, come hang out with us while I'm babysitting. And then he's like, okay. But then when Angela wants to go to the park, you know, he's like, well, I mean, I can take her to the park. And... And you know, I think that it it doesn't like it's not like a grand plot of Craigs. It's just like yeah. things sort of happen and then he takes the opportunities as they arise.
0: Yeah, right. I see to go back to go back to what you were saying, Tiffany, I had that confusion and worry for Manny, but to me it ultimately felt like fan collective fangirling partially because he seems like because they kind of did the same thing with sean when he first showed up where they were both like who's the new guy although in that case i felt like emma liked it more
3: well not also everybody is like who's the new guy when craig shows up he's getting like attention from unnamed girls in the hallway who apparently appreciate his existence or something i don't.
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Your very existence is enough, right?
3: I mean, there's, there's, as JT says, all these older women now. So fresh
2: <laughs> barf. Paige Michael Chuck will be mine. Ooh, all right, JT. JT, got to dream big, right.
1: right? Paige said that he's on. Had he not been in a subterranean social strata, <laughs> but that, that's also going to be my new diss. Um, sure. Subterranean social strata, mm-hmm. love it. Why not?
0: So, favorite things. Favorite things. I mean, my favorite thing is obviously Miss Kwan <laughs> popping up out of nowhere. Cut to Miss Kwan in a funny hat. Cut to everyone else wearing funny hats. Cut to Miss Kwan having them talk about their feelings, but also Miss Kwan with the institutional critique. Like Miss Kwan is just forever side, <laughs> forever goals. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I think my favorite thing is just everybody's uh new hair in the new season. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people have significantly new hairs in the second season.
2: And Craig also has good
3: Yeah, hair. that's that that's like a whole part of the Craig appeal. <laughs> is that hair? <laughs> it's a whole thing.
2: I think that my favorite thing is the spike and snake budding relationship. I, I'm interested to see where this goes, so I'm looking Ooh. forward to episode three.
1: Woo! Uh, my favorite thing is Craig! We get Craig! And more Hazel. I'm excited about both of those. Hazel. Things. Hazel.
2: Hashtag Hazelnuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hazelnut. Has-
3: Hashtag Hazelnuts, yes. yes. Hazelnuts. I'm pretty sure there's, like, additional new characters in the second season, too. So, you know, our, our Degrassi cast is expanding.
2: Oh, I have a question about the intro. Did they... Okay, so I know that there are new parts of the intro, but the other parts, did they re-record cuz some of it looks just like uncanny different like just different enough that maybe they re-recorded?
0: I think they're forcing the audio to work with a visual that they've slightly skewed. Okay, maybe that maybe that's what it is.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they re-recorded most of that. I mean, throughout throughout the season, they seasons, they do make updates to the opening as they go on, but as far as these first two episodes, I don't think they've re-recorded any of that stuff. They've just added some other stuff.
1: Cool. Okay. Our Tinder profile is that bleeping podcast <laughs> fire, sign, fire sign.
3: I believe you mean the Isaac system. <laughs> Swipe right.
1: You can find us on her and Grinder at the Isaac Systems. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, you can find us on Instagram at that bleeping podcast, on Twitter at that bleeping pod, on Facebook that bleeping podcast, on iTunes, on anywhere you get your podcasts, on Spotify, all of the I don't, places. I don't think we're on Spotify,
2: it's, but we are on, on
1: SoundCloud. Shit. that's what I meant. I forgot. Oop. Edit that out. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I have the power. Unlimited power.
1: If you like us, please review us. Uh, we love getting feedback. You can also email us at that bleeping podcast at gmail and share with your friends. Hit us up on the social medias. If Shane Kipple is listening to this, uh, you should be my boyfriend. Also, Andrea Lewis, you should be my girlfriend. This is Sonnet, by the way. Be my girlfriend and boyfriend. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: show is, as always, edited by Tiffany.
1: <laughs> and posted by Jacinta. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Brenda and I do, Brenda, Jacinta, and I do social media. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: Thank you. Woo. As always, it was lovely talking to the three of you.
1: Likewise, guys. And the title should be called Not the Crycast. Because this was not the Crycast. Yeah. Just
2: yeah, we were all going through a bunch of feels the other day when yeah. we didn't record this I episode. know.
1: That's why this one's not the CryCast.
0: Which works with When Doves Ooh. Cry, even.
1: Alright. Yeah. yeah, okay.
0: Alright. Bye, Bye. lovely.
1: Alright. Bye, guys.